Thank mm-hmm. you.
Well, for Pedro show, I'm in the Pedro, but not with Brother Matt. Again, he's <laughs> indisposed, but I, oh, well, I think I'm going to see him Wednesday. But I'm not all the way alone because of the magic of those incredible software engineers in Estonia. Via Skype, I got Dave Ketchin. He's out hey, in... Hey, uh, Mike, what's up? Well, I'm glad to have you aboard. It's a great honor. It's righteous. Uh, and uh, you're, you're talking to us from the desert, huh? Joshua Tree. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I could. I sorry. I, I uh, had a session today with my band Earthling, so I couldn't drive in. But it's a giant honor to be on your show. I've, I've been a huge fan of yours since I first saw you play. And I mean, before I saw you play, but definitely when I saw you play in Memphis in 1984 at the Antenna Club. That's that cemented uh, you as the best bass player I've still seen to this day. <laughs> oh, you're too kind. Uh, I remember that gig and. Uh... There, there ended up being a documentary, and I talked to those people about that, Pat. I think it's a ladies' bar now. Oh, it is, huh? Yeah, that's... A, you know, I was there last summer with Larry. Oh, yeah, with, with uh, Tav. Tav Falco to do a Christmas record. It was 100 <laughs> degrees, 100% humidity, and we're doing a Christmas record. <laughs> where, where did you uh, where did you record that? Damn, it was Sam Phillips, the, the other pad later on, Sam Phillips uh, recording. Oh, yeah, I, I recorded there a long time ago, too. I think the first uh, Cramp album, song, yeah. Songs the Lord Taught Us, was done there and stuff like that. Yeah. They got the organ uh, that Green uh, Onions was uh, written on and shit like that. I mean, it, was, it wasn't 100 degrees inside there. There was air conditioning and all that. And uh, I think the cousin, Judd, was running the pad. But one oh, of the yeah. sons was there. The little guy, uh, he ended up being a wrestler for a while. He came by, uh, but, you know, uh, it was a good experience. And there's a great child pad across the street. Weird kind of mix between, uh, yeah, J- uh, Jamaica and Southern. It was, <laughs> but it was great child. It was really, really good child. That's awesome. And, yeah, uh, I, I, I miss Memphis. You know, I have I don't really go back a whole lot. We, I've only played there three times since I left there in the mid-'80s. Damn. But you started off there. Let's begin with uh, your earliest musical uh, recollection, Dave. <laughs> well, watching my brother, my brother Jack uh, taught me how to play guitar, and I used to go watch. He had a couple of bands, one with uh, my uncle David, who I'm named after, and they had they had a... By the way, my band. middle name. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Blame my <All> mother. Right. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> it was my ma's fault. It was her favorite brother. Oh, so yeah. anyway, so you, you're watching your brother play in these bands with your uncle. Yeah, man, they were great. They had they had a band called Gasper Ghoul and and another one called Thunderhead. And they used to play everything from Beatles and Hendrix to Alice Cooper and Montrose and whatever. I saw Montrose a few times. When you did? Sa- yeah, with Sammy Hagar singing. That, that was one of my favorite uh, al- rock albums. One of first- the... Yeah, uh, Rock the Nation or something. Sounds yeah. like I'm Freed by the Who. I remember one time I saw him, they didn't have a bass guy. It was the organ man doing left hand. No way. Yeah, pinchy way. <laughs> yeah, Montrose was a great guitar player, huh? Ronnie Mont- yeah, I think he passed away. Maybe suicide. I, I think he had some serious health problems and he did take his life. Yeah, some pills or something. In the- but anyway, yeah, he was very good guitar man. I think Bay Area yeah, guy, City, yeah. Uh, okay, okay, so there's music in the pad that you grew up in. Oh yeah, definitely. Everybody listened to music when I was a kid. So, and, but also I, instruments. 
Yeah, yeah. My I used to sneak my brother's guitar out, and then one day he caught me and decided he would teach me some chords, and that's what got me on the road. Okay, playing. Can you remember the first record you bought for yourself? Snoopy and the Red Baron by the Royal Guardsmen. I, I think remember I was, that. I remember that song. <laughs> I think I was like six years old. Speaking of Christmas songs. Yeah, right. <laughs> I right. think it's probably the weirdest Christmas song ever. Oh, you know what? I should say what we started the uh, show off with. Uh, Seraphica Alive by John Coltrane and then Bot and Soul, Dave Ketchum. Oh, nice, man. Thank you. Yeah, I found that video and I thought it was beautiful music. Um, Thank you, man. I yeah, appreciate absolutely. that. I, I love the people that played on that album. Yeah, how'd that come about? Uh, you know, it's just friends coming out and playing. You know, like I started songs, and then whoever was out here, I'd make them play on my record while they were out here. <laughs> so <laughs> the, good, the good thing about having a studio is, like, when people come over, you can you make them play stuff. Yeah, corral them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the first gig you went to? My first gig was Chicago Transit Authority. Ah, in yeah. Richard 1970. Okay. A lot of horns. Yeah, a lot of horns. <laughs> but, but, I, might have, I mean, I might have seen something else before that, but that's the one I remember, like, really going to. Actually, a good guitar player there, too, who took his life. Uh, yeah. Or maybe it was an accident. You know, some people say he was cleaning his gun or something. Yeah, Barry Katz. <laughs> right. Guitar. He could sing good and play. Yeah, incredible musician. Yeah. But I still think they're going. Some yeah, they're still they're still rolling fifty years later. Okay, so your brother shows you guitar. Did you do any uh, music in school? No. Nah, well, you know, I had a band when I was in high school, and we played. No, I'm talking about like classes. Uh, I'm talking like classes, like harmony or. Uh, oh, oh no, I, I can't read marching music. Marching band or shit like that. Oh, okay, okay. I wish I would have. That no, would help I, I, the whole idea is your journey through music, and everybody has different ways of doing this thing. Right. You know, I just. I just got, uh, you know, I had some friends that played music. And also, uh, the place where I bought my first guitar was a place in Memphis called Pick and Post. Okay. And every Wednesday night, they had a, a big jam where all these really great, you know, country and bluegrass players would come. And they would let, they would let kids like me pick up guitars and play along, you know. But they, they had some really great musicians. And I learned, I learned a lot watching those guys play. Wow. Okay. And then your brother showed you stuff, but you didn't really have lessons. No, no, no lessons. Just he just showed me. A, I think the first song he showed me was uh, "Deuce" by Kiss. Oh yeah, it, it's got the rhythm guitar. In fact, I remember a time when Paul Stanley was on tour doing rhythm guitar clinic at the really? Shepard Centers. Yeah, like solo rhythm guitar. You know, because if you listen to a lot of the old Kiss songs, <laughs> there's these little breaks where he kind of had his dealio but it was an ace freely kind of thing it was uh, yeah. rhythm guitar you know and deuce yeah, has one of those it's in the middle and it's at the beginning yeah those those guys worked hard <laughs> right what was it it was like yeah you know uh we saw them about four five times before they even had an album out because they would really? open yeah they would open for everybody I mean, we saw him with Savoy Brown, we saw him with Camel, <laughs> Wishbone wow. Ash, you know, all kinds of weird shit. The five-man uh, version of uh, James King with uh, Tommy Bolin. Oh, that would have been cool. That was a trip. Yeah, that didn't last long. But And in fact, no. Gene Simmons' hair caught fire. A roadie had to put it out with a towel, a wet towel. No way. <laughs> yeah, I you, I saw it. 
you know, they weren't big. The, the, the kiss sign was light bulbs. You know, yeah. This is the early days. And then I remember the first album came out. It was so slow compared to what we were seeing, you know. They played a lot quicker live. Oh, yeah. They, they got a little bit more energy in them to, to rock it up. Yeah. I don't know that what the story of the, the first album is, but it seems like they were being a, a lot more careful than at the gigs. The gigs were, you know, it's kind of like New York Dolls with a, a, a monster makeup instead of uh, dresses. I mean, the Dolls... I think we're a better band, but it was kind of that kind of trip, and it was coming out of Prague days, so uh, for us, it was a little bit interesting. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, I they bet. turned into like a comic book and shit like this, but that first kiss was uh, kind of important for uh, me and D. Boo. Uh, I yeah. saw George last night, by the way, in Pedro. He played with a band called The Farmers, and he's playing great, man, looking good. He went back to surfing. So you said you had a band... Well, fuck. I want to play something here. Uh, I want to play Powdered Wig Machine. All right. What, 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 tell us something about this. Well, uh, we do this thing out here with uh, my buddy Josh from Queens of the Stone Age called the Desert Sessions. Yeah. And we and we bring in a bunch of musicians that haven't met. And uh, this is whole, all Josh's ideas. You get a bunch of his favorite musicians together and make them write songs. So during one of the sessions... Uh, we were having a problem with one of the lines, one of the cables. So I plugged in the synthesizer to check it, and uh, Josh came back and was like, what the fuck is this? And I, I was like, oh, man, I'm just checking a cable. Let me turn it off. And he's like, no, no, I love it. And so <laughs> he jumped on it. Uh, Mickey from Ween jumped on it. Uh, Josh Freeze played drums on it. Oh, and, wow. And, and uh, yeah. It, I heard it's, Mickey does fish tours. That's what he's doing now. Yeah. Like you pay him money and he'll take you out where the fucking big fish are. Yeah, besides music, that's his favorite thing. So he's loving that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's listen.
facing the stars and voices of angels nourishing words to flesh and blood and bone it's down to the red versus the blue team scanning the bust the choices of mortals indigenous tribes We'll get you out of jams It's up to the old team Versus the new team What must we
don't you sit down? I'll buy you a drink. What do you drink? <laughs> That's terrific. <laughs> Scotch? Yes, same thing. Two scotch. Do you understand French? Yeah. I'm going to give you a little bit of French. <laughs> Sounds awful. What is it? It was so dirty you can't take it. <laughs>
And you're, uh, you, uh, you, uh, you, uh... <laughs> I don't know what you do. Let's see. You're, uh... Gosh, I don't know anything about you. You're, uh, um... You're, uh... Let me, just give me an hour. And I'll think of it. You're, you're, um... Roller Derby rocks and it will knock you out of your socks. Get them on the floor and watch them really try to score. Roller Derby burns and skates and shakes and just watch them make left turns. Skaters block and jam and thrust, really shove and push and slam. These women are really mad. They skate around the rink so hard. Aren't you glad they've got pads to save their knees and arms? I love to watch them skate and really move around the track. I really love the game and I'll be coming back.
for Pedro show, we heard a uh, powder wig machine. That's PJ Harvey singing. Uh, uh, Dave was just telling me track the whole fucking thing in an hour. Yeah, it didn't take long. Yeah. Then we heard Guided by Voices with its food. Bo Peep out of Tokyo with Let's Go Bananas. Zill, brand new. Uh, France, uh, you are. Joe Brewer, Madison, Wisconsin. Roller Derby Rocks. Howie Reeve, I think he's on tour in Spain right now. Idea of Refuge, a world where hope seldom outlives despair by stick sellers upstate New York. The Sold and Bones out of, uh, I think, Valley. Uh, the Val. David That's some great Dave stuff. Dave Grohl's in the Val now. Uh, throw me a line. Uh, Vicious Circle. That's the first version of uh, TSOL. And Jack, Brother Jack. And uh, Peach is finally with... Uh, you love it. Not, not, she's a Canadian lady, but she was there at your pad? No, we didn't We didn't record that. We recorded that at... Uh, dang, what's... Uh, I think it was Mike Picaro's studio in the Valley. He was, he's, the Picaro he's brothers, uh, right, the, the drummer uh, on uh, Thriller. Yep. Jeff, yep. Jeff, he, right. He, he's got a studio and she was doing a record and I, she needed oh, a guitar and I brought a guitar over for her to use. And well, she he passed away it. and then his house turned into like a studio where people live at. Yeah, yeah. Right. And in fact, I went into the bedroom. You see where all the chocho was chopped up and shit. Oh, little, yeah, exactly. Right? So been there. There's a little corridor between the closet and the bedroom. <laughs> Yeah, yeah they, were, they tried to say he died of bug, bug, bug spray on New Year's Eve or something. But he was yeah, a bitchin' drummer. And I guess one brother was a bass man, one was keyboard. Yeah, incredibly Jeff, talented. I forgot family. that keyboard one's name. But Jeff was really good, too. Yeah, yeah. It ended up in Toto and stuff. I, th- I think also Jeff's all over Katie Lied, uh, Steely Dan. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think he was. Yeah, on so you, you recorded there. See, see listeners. Uh, Dave sent me a bunch of music. Uh, some of it's with him, but some of it's also with uh, uh, stuff he's worked on. And we're going to get to that, how he got up to this. Uh, at the moment, we're still in, uh, is, it, is it grade school, uh, high school, junior high? Yeah, high, yeah okay. we're still in high school. Okay, you got a band on the side. What were they called? Well, our first band was called Snatch. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, that was ap- and that was after the Snatch comic book, the sure. underground comic book. I remember, the, yeah, with Zap and... All that, that was that, that was our first like uh, furry freak brothers. And yeah, for all that stuff, man. Yeah, I'm I friends with Charlie Pine. Actually, I'm buddies with uh, the cat, and he lives in Ch- uh, Cherry Valley now, upstate New York. And uh, Charlie Pine, now he put out the first Zap comic. Did he really? Yeah, he was living. I wouldn't shit you, Dave. He's living up in the city <laughs> with uh, Allen Ginsberg and uh, Neil Cassidy. And wow. He put out the f- Zap number one. Yeah. That, that's a bold move back then, man. Yeah, that, that and really Wichita Cat, like too. Yeah. Okay, wow. and he's still going. He's still going. He's an older gentleman now. But uh, uh, In fact, uh, uh, with my Cuss Project, we, uh, we're going to do some more songs uh, with him singing and uh, writing lyrics. And Anyway, uh, so Snatch, do you remember the first gig? Yeah, yeah. Well, we only had one gig, but that was our... Uh, <laughs> okay. That was our talent show at the school. Oh, and yeah. Our, our drummer. You don't know how many that. people have done that. Yeah. Even Watt did it. I, I played bass for the, the, the best bass player in, in, at Pedro High, but he wanted to play piano, so he asked me to do bass on the Stevie Wonder song that was bass line. I, re, I can't remember the tune, but I remember the bass line was total kick drum pattern, just boom, boom, boom. So Watt was okay. Hell yeah! I, I just remember having a few girls tell me that they they liked the way I played guitar, and I'd only been playing for maybe like 
three or four months. We did it. We did Heartbreaker by Graham Funk Railroad. I remember that song. With the wow wow. <laughs> because, you know, somebody else had a Heartbreaker, Led Zeppelin. Yep. I remember exactly. that was a Because everybody had that red Grand Funk record. And oh, me, yeah. personally, I did not like Grand Funk. <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan. I liked like a couple of songs, you know. Do you remember how huge they were, though? They were big. They were giant everywhere, you know, like yeah. everywhere. You know, I saw Blow Them Away, though, in the 70s. Jay Giles. Oh, yeah. I saw Jay Giles. That a was a good that band. A I think it was named band. after the guitar man. Yeah. Magic Dick on the harp. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 were great live. They put on a I mean, yeah. The records know. ain't too good, but live they were bitching, man. I think a yeah. Boston band or something. Peter Wolf, man, he put on a great Peter show. Peter Wolf, yeah, and the, and then the, and the band too. They were smoking kind of R and B, rock and yeah. roll, but more with some R and B stuff. Okay, so after Snatch, what happens? Uh, then we started another band called Red Sharks, and we were in the next year's talent show that we won. And again, the same drummer did not show up for our show. So both years we had to play without a drummer, but the second year we we won. What happened? And, At the last minute he just choked? Yeah, I'm not really sure. He he was a great drummer, but he, uh, I don't know, he didn't make either of those shows. And he played with us for a while, and then he quit, and I heard he quit music. So, Man, hey, but he, you do a rock and roll gig without a drummer. I know, right? <laughs> You just got to do it. I mean, we're there. We're, yeah, we're, yeah, you got to soldier on. You got to, yeah, push, push. Of course. And, 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 <laughs> and that, that band, Red Sharks, we kept for a long time. We, okay. That, that was probably 78. And did you guys we, ever record? We record, yeah, we did. We I went to a, a place called Kingsbury. Uh, it was like uh, they taught automotive mechanics and uh studio broadcasting like broadcasting and studio recording so with auto I, mechanics <laughs> yeah i learned i should have learned how to work on cars because that seems like <laughs> parallel universe <laughs> but but the uh but we did record a few songs in uh we wrote we did a couple of we did actually it's funny we did the the iggy version of louie louie with okay. all with all cousin yeah and right. we didn't get in trouble for that we did a cop uh, ko yeah, we did a cover of... Uh, you know, it was his uh, 71st bir birthday yesterday. I know, man. I know. That's bitching. I wish you could have come down for the album he made here. That was a, that was a really fun session. I did, he did ask me to come see him at the Greek do it. And I thought Josh did a great fucking job. Yeah, I didn't get to see any of those. We were on tour against them the whole time, but everybody <laughs> said it was amazing. It, it, I liked it. It was a lot of idiot in, a, in, in that, that album, uh, post depression thing. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he did really good. He looked like he was having a fucking bitching time, and Josh put together a happening band for him. Oh, yeah, man. Larry's got another opinion, but I, I, I dug it. Yeah. You know, Larry's kind of picky like about drummers, you know. He followed Ig around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now, uh, uh, yeah, we're going to get to this point, because you end up leaving Memphis. Yeah, yeah. I ended up, I ended up leaving Memphis in, in the mid '80s, it just changed, and and it was. It seemed like at that point, you either went to New York City or Los Angeles. Yeah. And we had just played on my mom's birthday. We opened for the Gun Club. My oh. friend, my friend, my friend Jim Duckworth played on Death. Yeah, Club. right. I was going to ask what guitar player version was it because Jeffrey went through, you know, Kid, Jim. Yeah. Uh, I got to play with Jim Duckworth's Canine Arts. 
Oh yeah, it's Craig Craig Schindler on the bass. Yeah, he he and I, he was in our band, the Modifiers, and he was he was my roommate in wow. In, but in well, LA. was it Dirt Scratch a Modifier too? Yeah, he was. He was. That's the, where I bought my first Fender bass from. Was Dirt Scratch? He was selling realty. His parents had a realtors thing on the beach in Santa Monica. Well, I remember one of our one of our shows, and we started playing LA in '82. But in '85, we did a we did some sort of benefit at Anti Club, and I remember you and Flea were there to see Dirt play. Oh yeah, yeah. I think we were buddies. I mean, we didn't live. You know, Pedro was kind of far, but I'd see him at gigs and stuff, and he was always very kind to me. And uh, I know he ended ended up maybe. He passed away in Memphis, even. Craig? No, Durf. Durf. No, Durf. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure where Craig he Craig, actually, I think, was on tour in New York City and had a heart attack, right? I think so, yeah. Because yeah. Doug Rocket, good friend of mine from Memphis, who passed away, his sister, Karen Rocket, who's with uh, Steve-O now, you know, they're, they're living in Arkansas, but he had the buck. I heard the buck burn down. Really? Yeah. Damn, when was that? Just recent. Just recent. Hmm. But he, he I, yeah. Well, anyway, we got uh, some common things. So you, you, you start playing in SoCal, and then you decide we should live here. Yeah, we, you know, we, we, we just came out to play the gigs. And the funny thing is, on the way out, we were saying, hey, you know, Spit Sticks and Dirt Scratch are both out of fear now. Maybe we can get them as our, as our, because we went, we went three piece with our drummer. Yeah. But but he wasn't you know he wasn't like a solid member he was just going for the show yeah and the first night we pulled up to the Cafe de Grand we met Durf and he ended up playing that show with us because at the time I was playing bass because our bass player couldn't make it okay so we met Durf man you got some flaky bass. people in your musical life Dave <laughs> yeah it's crazy and then the next man like, somebody but had some bald spots slapped on their heads <laughs> it was Pedro <laughs> not showing up to fucking kick like this. <laughs> Look, we're at the end of the first hour. Watch for Pedro Show, April 22nd, 2018. Special guest, Dave Ketchins. So hold tight for hour two. Uh, April 22nd, 2018. It's the second hour. Watch for Pedro Show.
unconditional love Cold case tried around the block Show me how it's done Man on the lawn, you're wasting your time It won't try to hold you tight But you're not alone For Pedro show, we start the second hour off <laughs> with the second time through this shit. <laughs> Queens of the Stone Age, you're so vague. Uh, Averma's Do Limbo with the Limbo beat. Sarno Akabata, Paziri Nadachu, uh, The Strongest Fool Alive from Ghost Car and Conditional Love, I Took Your Name. Uh, Grodigan. 
people from Groning, and we were talking about how we love Groning and Halloween. Oh, it's, it's so but, but getting back to the story of you coming to SoCal, the modifiers kind of, uh, what was your word, Peter? Petered out. You know, sometimes you just, you know, you just it's not working. Everybody starts doing something else. And at the time, we'd been playing a bunch of shows with Tex and the Horseheads, and her band fell apart. And she asked if I wanted to start a band with her. And then we met Larry. And Larry and had come to, uh, he was following Iggy around gig to gig. He was following Iggy around. And what's really funny. He had the drums is, in the back of a station wagon, right? He, he, yeah, he had, he had an old station wagon. And the, the, the really funny thing is. is He's from the other friend. side though, right? Knoxville. Yeah, Knoxville. On the other side. We didn't know each other in Tennessee, unfortunately. Yeah. But, yeah, to, uh, people, Tennessee is kind of a trippy state for uh, the country because it's got to be the most wide versus tall. <laughs> it's really yeah, it's, it's you don't short. Yeah, people on the other side. Right, and people, if you ever look at their flag and there's three stars, that's because Knoxville, Nashville, Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, so you you meet Larry because he ends up in town because he's following Ig gig to gig trying to get in the band. Absolutely. And the funny thing is, is... Uh, the night before he auditioned for Iggy, yeah, there was a there was a party at the Mayan, and it was uh, Don Was's birthday or something. Mayan so, Theater downtown. So yeah, and so Iggy was playing, and during sound check, I was there, and he broke a string. He was playing guitar, and I asked him if he wanted me to change the string for him. Oh yeah, I remember that era. And he's left handed. He like, yeah, he was like, yeah, that'd be cool. And he came down and started talking to me, and I and I. I, I said, you know, I got to tell you, my my roommate's the dude that's been following you around because he he mentioned Larry on on TV before. That's what Larry said, said when I had him on the show. That he talks <laughs> about him on a talk show. Yeah, and so I, I said, I got to tell you, man, he's he's my roommate, and and Iggy was like, so what's he like? I'm like, you're gonna hire him for sure. He's one of the best drummers. He's the coolest guy. And he, the, the biggest mistake I ever made is Iggy said, oh. Do you, do you, you know, I need a bass player. Do you want to play bass? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm a guitar player. I know some good bass players. You know, I could come down. And he said, well, you know, I got a guitar player. And it was the biggest mistake I ever made. I should have just gone and played. You could have ended up playing play. with fucking Larry with it. I know. God damn. <laughs> I, but that he did hire him the next day. And, and you know, and, the, you know, Larry's still playing with him now. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Here and there. Yeah, incredible. Well, he came and saved the day when Scotty got sick. Yeah, man, that was that was a sad, sad. Yeah, moment. I missed Aston brother. You know, I did some Stooges songs last night. I was thinking of both the brothers and and brother Steve, and yeah. and also James Williamson was very nice to me too. But there's something about those original guys. Yeah. Wow. Steve Steve recorded out here with some people a long. That's long right. Time. That's right. He told me about that. He was super cool, man. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful man. Really super uh, nice. You, you know, you would have never guessed how talented he was by how mellow he was. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I get a little sad sometimes. Yeah, sorry. But I got 125 months with him. I got to serve with those guys. Finally, the youngest cat in the band. Dude, I saw <laughs> I saw you guys play so many times, and it was amazing. Well, once we time. played in Memphis, right by the river, and Jerry Lee was on the other stage. I think we were on the Budweiser stage. No way. That's yeah, it was funny. some weird kind of festival, but they had a stage on each end, right by the river. 
I, I miss those kind okay. of festivals there. The, the river, we stayed at the, Peabody where the du- ducks do the fucking walk. I love the Peabody. Okay. Okay, so so you're playing with Tex. How'd that go? That was really fun, man. We had we had we had a really good couple of years and, and then at the same time the band called the Ringling Sisters started and sure. it was supposed to be just like a bunch of girls doing poetry. And so it was Pleasant Gaiman and Iris Berry and Tex and Johnette Napolitano. Oh, and, yeah, right. And a few other girls, uh, Annette Zelenskas. Right, right. The Debbie Bates. Pitino from Razabray. Yes, you know, Razabray. Like, yeah. So it was all the cool, it was all the cool girls from all the cool bands doing, like, poetry and stuff. And then we started, they wanted a band to back them up, so... Our friend Gary Eaton was with uh, a girl named Debbie Dexter who was in the band, and they were writing some songs, and then they brought me and Larry in because we all played together. And uh, we ended, next thing we know, we got signed to A&M and did a record with Lou Adler. Well, and the, that's and right. Got, Actually, I think Larry lived at Lou Adler's for a little bit. Yeah, we all lived up there for, for a bit. <laughs> you were living yeah. there, too. Oh, wow. Yeah, we... Yeah, we were rehearsing there, and we would stay there too. Larry stayed there more often because he didn't have a place at the time. Yeah, but it was it was amazing, man. He, he had some, you know, he put on Monterey Pop Festival and oh yeah, oh no, involved with the whiskey and all that shit. Oh here, man, here, I'm gonna play uh, this uncle. Okay, hold my hand.
Towards the end of day And twilight falls again To the funny sound That a blackbird makes Twilight falls again As no good reason remains I'll do the same Thinking of you One day ship comes in One day ship comes in But I can't say how or when But I know somewhere A ship comes in every day There is no more pain I'm only sleeping There is no crime to dreams like this And if you could take some
like they recorded more songs than almost anyone ever. They just were going and going. And one day, you know, James Lavelle, he's a DJ. He's never sang. He kind of, he kind of pushes the direction of the song and he'd written some, some words. And I was like, let's, let's cut that with you singing. You know, we were waiting for a couple of people to show up. Yeah. He's like, Oh yeah, I don't sing. And I'm like, nobody sings just, you know, do your thing. Right. And that was the first time his voice had been on, on one of his records. I really like that song. It's, you know, it's, yeah. It's a little groover. Yeah, yeah. Then we heard Here Lies Man, Let Go, Spirit Valley, Night Sharks, Disorder of Pieces. And finally, Mark Lanigan with 100 Days. Mark Lanigan, uh, former singer of Screaming Trees. I took Screaming Trees on the first two tours in the late 80s. Uh, with I Fire saw you the Rock. I saw that tour at the Roxy. Yeah, the, the Connor Brothers. Oh, right, right. No, wait. Actually, we opened that show. The Earthlings. That's right. We shared the stage. We shared the stage. Dave. We did share the stage, and yeah. Josh was playing with Screaming Trees. And Mark Josh. Flanagan, you know, you could the sound man would never put his voice up. The guy has such a beautiful voice. They do yeah. now, but in those days. And Gary Lee was a, such a uh, kind of Pete Townsend. It was the great band. Yeah, Mark Pickerel, man. Van that, Connor that on the bass. That show was one of my favorites. You guys killed it. You you had a bunch of amazing musicians with you that night too. Uh, well, yeah, that was a uh, what what do you call that? Wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> but Memphis is big for wrestling. I found out about Sputnik uh, Monroe. Oh yeah, the man. Studio there. I, I didn't know about it. me and Pettibone are big, but we knew more about Don Morocco and uh, yeah yeah people like this. We didn't know about the the heavy duty Memphis scene and. Uh, reading about Sputnik Monroe and all those cats, I mean, oh, yeah. pretty intense. We used, uh, we, used to, we used to go every Monday night. It was a dollar three to go in. We used to. We even saw like the Andy Kaufman, Jerry Lawler. Right, match. that went on for a while. Right, King Jerry. Yeah, that and, was uh, pretty. Because because uh, Andy Kaufman would only wrestle women. Yeah. <laughs> and then he got body slammed in his neck in the thing, and it was hard to know when that guy was on and not on. I know. I think that I was mean, part of his, 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 his uh, what do you call that? A shtick. Yeah. Quite a and, funny guy. He died way too young. Way too young. You know, in Memphis, Saturday would be the the wrestling show. Yeah. And so yeah. they would interview the wrestlers and stir up the trouble so that you would want to go on Monday nights. <laughs> but it was amazing. It was one. I woke up. It was, I think it was. 11 o'clock every Saturday. And no matter how hungover you were, you woke up to watch that because it was so great. But the Andy beef, Kaufman uh, was on that a lot, too. The, the, the beefs. you got to get no, the beef going. Exactly. Right, so you can settle it on Monday night. Yeah. Okay, we're at the end of a uh, second hour. Walk Pedro Show, April 22, 2018. Special guest, Dave Catch. And hold tight for hour three. April 22nd, 2018. It's the third hour of the Walk Pedro Show.
colors.
Watch for Pedro show. We started the third hour off with uh, conversing among misfits, Earthlings. And now here's Dave telling you the story of the Earthlings. All right. Well, so when I started the studio here with Fred Drake, who was living here and wanted to start a studio, and he invited me to be his partner. When we got the studio set up, we started recording some songs. And then uh, my best friend Hutch, who does sound for a lot of bands, he in- introduced me to Pete Stahl, who had Scream and Wool. DC. And he came out. He's and he East started- Side people. And yeah, they yeah. Moved out to DC. the West here. Yeah. Yeah, Virginia, DC area. Yeah. Uh, they. So he started coming out and singing. And then we got our buddy Adam Maples, who was in Legal Weapon and a bunch of other bands, and he started playing drums. Yeah. And now we have our buddy Jonathan Hishke, who's a really great bass player. Yeah, I know Jonathan. He's a dot, dot hacker. And, right. He's actually a Nebraska cat. Yeah. yeah. So he's come. He he lives out here now. So I he's first uh, I first met him. He was playing in the Butcherettes with the. Uh, oh yeah, that's that's right. From Locust, uh, Gabe was on the drums. Yeah, he's a he's a shredding bass player though. Oh yeah, I, lo- I love him. And yeah, he, was, so he, he was trying to do a radio show. Uh, maybe he still is with bass players talking to bass players. Ah, oh, I have to I have to hit him up. He actually he should be here any minute. I told him to come over. Okay, so you guys, why did you call Earthlings? And what's the question mark about? Well, I wanted a band that included everybody in the name, except for you didn't know if you were in, if you were an Earthling because you might be from somewhere else. Hi. So. I don't know. I just wanted I wanted a I wanted a name that didn't you know, you know like I I love like Judas Priest or you know some of these heavier bands but you're kind of like locked into play, you know, if you have a super heavy name, yeah. you know, you're kind of locked into playing heavy music and I I wanted us to be able to do whatever kind of music we wanted to because You know what it was a funny uh, there's a band we played with up in the city and uh yeah, the music wasn't so interesting, but they were called Uncle Bob Touched Me. Talk about being painted into a corner, you know. Yeah. That's the problem, right? I mean, but, you know, like with, with you know, you just got to keep it open because I, I want to be able to play every kind of music and I want to be able to do it. That's I mean, great, I'm already old now, but back That's then, a great philosophy because music is music, right? Genres is some kind of marketing shortcut absolutely. bullshit. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, who wants to make the same album over and over? Absolutely. I'm with you, Dave. So, Earthlings is going to record today. We're recording today, actually. And who's in this version? You got Jonathan? Yeah, we got Jonathan and Pete and Adam, myself, and uh, Brian O'Connor, the the bass player that used to play with with me in Eagles of Death Metal. Okay, okay. And uh, this is a brand new album? This is going to be a brand new album. Actually, we haven't gotten together in a while, so we're just going to... Just jam and jam and jam and see what happens. Ah, okay. That's kind of your process. You, you jam around, you look for the good licks, and then later on, yeah, you start yeah. off with too much and then uh, cut away the, yeah, chief. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, I got, you know, you've been here. There's lots of toys around here, so you just start turning stuff on, and usually something will happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Greg Taborn, he's going to be on the show coming up. Uh, incredible oh, piano man from uh, yeah, back east. He's Mysterio. amazing, man. Yeah, isn't he wild? I mean, oh, my God. incredible. Uh, yeah, Stevie Bono made that connect for me. Zero Dent out of uh, Sydney with only own and only friend. And by the way, thinking of Australia, we lost Brian Hooper from uh, Beast of Bourbon. Beautiful man. Oh, Their bass yeah. man. The cancer got him. They were great, and, man. Uh, yeah. And I love Brian. Yeah, incredible band. Tex. 
and all those cats. I, I just love that band. We, I got to do five, six gigs with the Stooges with them the last time uh, they played there. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't shit you, Dave. And then yeah. Unit F out of uh, Orange County here. Uh, no, maybe, maybe they're Valley, or maybe they're uh, Highland Park. <laughs> a party in the White House, and then finally nothing from Earthlings. So we yeah. had a couple Earthling songs there. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> people, this uh, studio he's been referred to is called Rancho de la Luna. And what, what was the first thing that you did there? What, what, uh, the, your partner, the guy who invited you aboard, he, uh, cancer got him too, right? It, it did indeed, unfortunately. He, they, they gave him about six months, and he ended up living for another dozen years. Yeah. He, he was the toughest dude I've ever met in my life, Fred Drake. Yeah. Fred Drake, much respect. Yeah, because he was in a way, he's, uh, he's a big time responsible for uh, Rancho. I mean, of course, yeah. all your work too, but. No, well, he, you know, he. He was when he got the news that he wasn't going to live long. He just happened to be out here, and he found this house and decided, "I'm not going to live the rest of my life in L.A. dealing with shit. I want to start a studio and and record my songs before I go." And for some reason, I was living in New Orleans with a restaurant, but for some reason, he called me of all people. We were friends, you know, not super super tight at the time, yeah. But we'd we'd work together and liked each other a lot and. He just called me out of the blue when I had the restaurant and asked if I wanted to do the studio with him. And it was, I don't know if you remember Dean Chamberlain. He had a absolutely, yeah. So he had a band called Blue uh, Code Blue. Code Blue. In fact, I did a gig with him with Dallas Taylor and Randy California. And I remember Ray Ray Manzanarek showed me to the writer on the Storm Bassline on the organ. Oh my God! Yeah, practice in Hollywood. It was some gig to freeze nuclear weapons or something. And I got to play with them guys. And it actually was rehearsal because the pad had a big mirror and these guys were jammed. You know, it was a dance thing, I think. Yeah. So the whole bulkhead was a giant mirror and these cats were like, I turned around. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that at Dominion Way, Dean's place? It might have been. Yeah, because he, he, it was right in Hollywood. He had, God, it was this a- is like, we're talking middle 80s. <laughs> yeah. A long time yeah, ago. That, that, Dean, Dean yeah, was very, very cool people. Oh, it's so cool, man. I mean, we're still really good friends, you know? Okay, but yeah, so that's how we all met is, is uh, Fred was the head engineer. It was Dominion Way uh, rehearsal and recording studio. Okay. Anyway, so he invited me out here, and we started we started recording right away, you know, just checking stuff out. And then within a couple of months, Daniel Lanois, you know, famous producer. New Orleans guy. Yeah, he... He was working on a soundtrack record, and he decided that uh, he'd heard that this place was cool, so he decided to do some of that here. And th- that's when it really turned because his his engineer, Mark Howard, who I'm sure you know, sure. he works with Larry a lot. He's he, going uh, through some cancer shit. He is? Yeah, Larry told me really bad. I mean, you know, because he was doing, we worked on this uh, a French, uh, right? Uh, singer yeah. guy, a beautiful man, uh, uh, yay, and uh, he was going to come and do the last parts of it to mix and, it, and had to go to the emergency room. That's right, man. That's why. That's why he couldn't come out here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck that cancer shit, man. It's <laughs> you know, everywhere now. Yeah, I, I'm going to play some Fatso Jetson. Oh no, actually, it's oh. Caius. It's called Fatso Forgetso. Yeah, we'll play some. 
house where the singer and the guitar player live. Yeah. A lot of people did. They had this giant house on Madison Avenue about a block away from the the antenna. So anybody that played the antenna would usually stay with yeah, those right, guys. Right, right. And, and I remember the doorman, Rebel. He lost his leg. Yeah. Diabetes. Yep. Did uh, you ever meet, do you remember Angerhead? Angerhead. He was another bouncer. He, he yeah, 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 yeah. He had big red mohawk. That's right. We we had a band together too called Angerhead for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but I just saw Rebel in a wheelchair. He came to my gig maybe a year ago. Caius uh, with uh, yeah, Fatso Forgotso, uh, Spice Pistols with Pretty Vacant cover there. DMF Anthem, Twisted Noise Association, Nada, Evil Hearted You with Reunion. Uh, Mute Point and Birthday Candles, and finally Sunday, since it's Sunday, and that's from Ig. And that's something that, yeah, that you gave me that came out of your pad there. Yeah. So so current plans right now is uh, Earthling's uh, album. That's right. And what do you got after that? After that, not a whole lot right now. Just okay. kind of that's cool. That's cool. Seeing what's, I'm just working on stuff here. You know, I got a few bands here and there, nothing. Nothing, you know, like giant right now, but... What about if somebody younger came up to you and asked for some advice, Dave, in this music racket shit? What would you tell him? Or become, a, become a mechanic. <laughs> do the other class. <laughs> I'd say, do, I'd say do, do your own stuff and do it hard and long, you know, and just, you know, do your own stuff. Don't try to sound like anybody else. Just have have fun with it. That's bitch advice. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a really big honor for me because I love your music and I love you as a dude. It's uh, April 22nd, 2018 version, uh, edition of the Watt for Pedro Show, people. Keep your powder dry.